Hello and welcome to The Lost Button, the podcast for young people figuring out their future life and career. I'm Liz. And I'm Connor. And we're here to help you navigate all the big decisions you have to make about your future and create a path that's right for you. Each episode, we're going to tackle some of the biggest questions and challenges Gen Z are facing about their future, from finding a job you're passionate about to managing stress and burnout. And we're back for episode 12. I can't believe it, Liz, we've made it. Yes, this is the end of the first season of The Lost Button. So what are we talking about today, Liz? Today's episode is all about managing the expectations of others in society, especially one of the biggest influences over our career decisions, our parents. <laughs> that is a tricky one, Liz. And I think I have the perfect would you rather question to start off. So we're talking about either living by society standards or living by our own individual standards. So would you rather live in society or in a cave removed from society? So let me break this down. Think about Dr. Seuss, the Grinch. The Grinch lives by himself with his dog or would you rather live that way or like the villagers in Whoville? (laughs) You sold me on the dog part. I feel like our generation can kind of play to both like we we kind of split personality a little bit look at the moment i'm having a grinch kind of time but it's more yeah but my cave would be like it wouldn't really be a cave it would be like a nice kind of rural farmhouse vibe yeah Yeah. so that's what i'm going with (laughs) yeah i'm still you know i'm a very social extroverted person so i'd pick society but maybe as i get older i want to have my own space more. But I want to start off this episode with some key statistics. So this is a really tricky topic, managing society and parents' expectations. And the reason is, firstly, we are conditioned from a young age to conform to society's expectations, Liz. This includes, you know, the strict behavior standards and academic assessments at school, and also these safe job paths, which are taught to us by our parents from a young age. And I do think these notions come from a good place, but they can be very harmful. In fact, a 2018 survey from leading healthcare provider in the US, the Karen Foundation, reveals that both teenagers and their parents feel immense pressure to perform in their lives, with the majority citing a 7 out of 10. This survey also found that parents are often unaware or in denial that their teens view them, not their peers, as the most significant external trigger for pressure. And also, more than 7 in 10 or 71% of teenagers wish they were better prepared to deal with the pressure they feel in their lives. That's heavy. (laughs) It is heavy. It's a sensitive topic, but we do want to break it down and talk about it because that way we can hopefully share some strategies for our listeners. My first question for you is, why is there such a tension between our parents and our views on work life and jobs? I think this is one of the biggest challenges that people in our generation face. Certainly not everyone, but every other person that I know has had some kind of conflict or disagreement with their parents about their future path. For me, I actually gave a TED talk on this topic. So if you want to learn a bit more, then I dove into it in more detail. Essentially, there's a big generational difference between our parents' generation and ourselves. We're ultimately both motivated by the same thing, right? I think that's what we really have to come back to in this episode, that 
most of the time your parents are being motivated by wanting you to be happy and to have financial security. That's something that we want too. So we have this shared goal. The challenge is that we have different views and experiences as to how you actually achieve that happiness and what constitutes job security. The biggest difference, I think, does come from that understanding of secure pathways. Our parents' generation, to generalise, a lot of their values stem from having long-term security, stability in their career path. And similarly, the job market for when they were in our shoes and graduating, actually entering the workforce, the, the idea of a career pathway made sense. Because people literally would spend 20 to 25 years of their career in one professional path or one job. Whereas, and my parents, that's almost, that's exactly them. They've spent their whole lives in the same industries. Whereas already in my life, I've worked in a number of different industries in different professions. I am kind of creating my own career already. And the idea of a pathway doesn't really make as much sense because there's very few professions nowadays, particularly because... A lot of the workforce is becoming automated and the roles are actually changing and evolving. You can't say with certainty anymore that one job that you study to become in uni is going to even exist in three years. I know that's something that scares a lot of people, but I think it's just actually the shift is that we have to be more flexible and fluid about our approach to pathways. Yeah, spot on. And I think for our generation, what people need to realize is that job security doesn't come anymore from a stable path, like a safe job, because those jobs are changing all the time. But picking a job that you're passionate about, because then you're going to be able to compete with other people. So what about you, Liz? Did you face this challenge with your parents? And if so, do you have any regrets about how you handled it? I still face this challenge sometime with my parents and I have to preface it with I have a lot of love for my parents and the perspective that they have. When I was younger though, definitely it was a big point of friction I think because I had these quite secure opportunities, right? So I got offered this grad job in particular that to them they were like, why would you not jump at that? That's like a secure job, secure financial stability that you're going to set yourself up for life. And I chose to pursue my own business and create my own job instead at that point in time. And that was something that was really difficult to reconcile. I think even when I was at university, I spent a lot of my time doing extracurriculars and things that they just didn't really understand why I wouldn't do something like law or medicine or engineering if I was capable of doing that. So that was something that we disagreed about a lot. And even now, my mum asks me when I'm going to get a real job sometimes. But I think what I want to say to other people, you know, in that situation right now is that I wish that I'd empathised with them more because that worry that they had for me and often it expressed itself in anger or frustration came from such a good place and they could see the opportunities that I had that they didn't necessarily had and they didn't want me to go through those same mistakes. At the time, it just felt like we were butting heads, but it actually was such a sort of selfless thing that they were trying to offer, which was their support and advice. A big regret I have though is that I spent so much time kind of trying to argue with them or prove myself to them that just caused us both a lot of anxiety. Instead, I could have spent that time investing it in to proving to them that I could, I was capable of creating my own path, actually taking action as opposed to trying to fight. 
you know, fight their sort of pressures on you or their ideas for you. Yeah. Even though it's coming from a good place. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's such a good point and the way you've explained it is really helpful because I'm sure there's lots of people going through this. And you mentioned you are someone who's gone against the traditional path that your parents had planned for you. How did you actually have that conversation with them? Because it's a really difficult conversation and what advice would you pass on to someone who's having that conversation right now? So we did a lot of prep for this episode because I think it's such an important topic to get right and one of the people that I asked who I know has gone through this issue said, you know, I wish I knew that whilst it's important to listen to your parents, ultimately your life is your own and you have to live with those decisions one day. I think for me, when I was going through that, it wasn't a matter of if I was going to follow my own path and like what my gut was telling me, but when. And a lot of people know that, that really you're trying to choose between doing something that you hate that's going to make you unhappy and resent the people you love or choosing something that you love that's going to fulfill you and make you both happy in the long run. So I kind of think that delaying that process, it doesn't always make it better. But for me, the biggest piece of advice is really shifting your mindset to stop asking for permission and to take action that's going to debunk their assumptions about the path that you want to take. And this is a process that I've kind of learned over several years and had that, I guess, sat down with them at multiple times and sort of mapped out, you know, what are the assumptions they have about me being in my own business? Like, and is this something I'm going to commit to for six months or 12 months or 18 months? You know, what are sort of the ground rules there? And I think by doing that, at least you can come to terms with like your differences of opinions and actually show that, hey, let's test these assumptions. If you think I'm not going to be able to make money for, for from this, I'm not going to be able to get a job from this thing that I love doing, then let's actually test that instead of kind of leaving it up to chance. Mm, yeah, no, that's really good advice because it's just a really difficult thing to actually do to, you know, have confidence in your own vision for your life and to not, you know, take the external pressures to heart. A lot of people look at you, Liz, especially now that things are going really, really well and say, wow, you're a very confident person. But how did you find the confidence to continue with your passion and purpose when sometimes you know, other people say at home might disagree? Yeah, on reflection, there were three things that made all the difference for me. The first was that at the first opportunity that I had to move out, I jumped at it and that empowered me to change the weight of the people that were influencing me and my environment. So that um, cliche quote, you know, your friends are the family you choose. It was so important for me to find the people that got me then and who aligned with my values. And I surrounded myself with people at uni who just understood my ambitions and that that was something that was possible. And that made it so much easier, not necessarily to like change my parents' opinion, but to feel more confident in backing myself. Secondly, I stopped asking for permission. So I chose more permissionless paths that didn't necessarily create more conflict or friction with them. But there are ways that you can kind of prototype and test out your dreams and ambitions for yourself without it being like this huge big risk. So it doesn't mean you have to change your degree or change your your job straight away, but even just upskilling in the thing you actually want to do or spending more time with people who are already in those paths. That was a big game changer for me. And finally, though, once I'd found the path that was right for me, absolutely back yourself. Don't wait years and years before you try out that thing that you really want to do just because you're worried about what your parents are going to say or do about it. If that's what you really think is going to be something that fulfills you and is the thing that could empower you to have an awesome life, why would you wait? 
to try that out. So I really don't regret that, that when I actually knew, hey, this is what I want to do, I fought for it because it, it mattered to me. Yeah, and a tip from me as well is a great way to have independence of your opinion and your career path is through financial independence. And there's a lot of really great mentors of mine that have spoken about this, but if you're able to actually be financially independent from your parents and not have to rely on them for money, then they're not going to have any leverage over you. So it's a lot easier for you to say, well, you know, I respect your opinion, but I don't actually need support from you in my career path. So then there's absolutely no reason why they would have any sort of bearing over it. Also, an interesting point from like a male perspective, there's a lot of pressure and a lot of young men that I speak to that feel a pressure to be financially successful. And I think it's really important to reflect on are you actually pursuing your job because you're trying to be, you know, the most financially successful or are you passionate about it? Because if you're passionate about it, that's 100% the better path to take. You will achieve that financial independence and success much easier in the long run than if you're just doing something for short-term economic gains. But finally, what are some actual practical takeaways for our listeners who are going through this challenge right now? Number one is understand your why. I think whether you're in the position of like you feel like you need to confront your parents or have that conversation or you're just trying to understand what you actually want, it's really important that you can speak with clarity and conviction, you know, prep your argument as though you were, you're doing a high school debate. Even if it's something you never say out loud to them, it doesn't matter. If anything, it's about empowering you to have the confidence to pursue avenues that are purposeful for you and to have you know grounds to say hey this is this is not what I want to do as well and say no to those paths that aren't so I think really writing that down and cementing that for yourself is really empowering the second is don't forget that there are lots of avenues for external support actually practicing that conversation potentially like with a psychologist or just asking your friends openly if they're struggling with the same thing because many of them are is really important we kind of keep this problem in the dark often and we don't like to share it with other people but you need people who are in your corner that get the real you and you need to hold on to them tightly so I think definitely not trying to go through this on your own and the last thing is take a breath (laughs) and let go of some of that anger I personally think that it can be so easy to get fired up and emotional and kind of irrational when it comes to dealing with your family right because it's just a different relationship to any other relationship in your life and it can make that conflict even more stressful and draining let go of some of that stress and instead of investing all of your energy and, and mindset into that conflict and fighting with them do it, invest it instead into getting closer to the goals and the people who are actually aligned with your values and your vision. Um, that's a way healthier and grounding approach to take. Really well said, Liz. This topic is a really sensitive one and a tricky one, especially in the short run. It can lead to a lot of arguments and a lot of conflict with your parents and you know other people that are putting pressure on you to follow a certain path. But you have to remember in the long run, and life is long, It will always work out if you follow your true purpose and it will avoid resentment. So it's very important to take these tips away. And yeah, thanks for sharing all those great tips, Liz. Now it's time for the lost and found. Even though being lost is a problem that young people across the world are facing, it can be easy to feel like you're the only one. Each episode will bring a young person on the show to share their story and the challenges they're facing about their future. Today's guest is Ruby, a 21-year-old roller skating pastry chef. Hi, Ruby. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. 
can you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey through life after school? Uh, well, my name's Ruby. I'm 21 years old and I'm a pastry chef. Um, so after school, I went to TAFE and did a, a certificate four in patisserie and worked in a number of restaurants and cafes and sort of like build myself up from dishy, which is like washing dishes for 12 hours straight, to kitchen hand, like chopping onions and things, and then eventually got a job as a pastry chef um, at a very nice fine dining restaurant in Perth and just been sort of jumping around since then at a lot of different places. And yeah, now I work at a beautiful bakery in Lathlane called Grain Bakery WA. Super cool story and I think such an interesting profession. It's one that, you know, I watch MasterChef on TV and I'm like, I wish I could be like <laughs> that, but not many people actually go for that. So um, awesome job for sticking with it. I'm curious though, was that always the path that was written for your future or what did people kind of expect you to do or be with your future career? Um, no, definitely not. Like, I didn't even know being a pastry chef was a thing really like you know the obvious path in high school is complete your ATAR and then go straight on to uni and and then graduate and get a entry-level corporate job and etc etc so I did that I went to uni for one year and hated it <laughs> dropped out and enrolled in TAFE I don't really feel like pressure to be anything in particular but there definitely was that pressure from parents and peers to go to uni and and do the thing that you meant to do as a 17 year old. (laughs) Yeah I can't imagine that was an easy decision to make either though to leave like what was sort of going through your head then what actually made you take that leap in the end away from what you didn't like to what you were really passionate about. Well the thing is I just wasn't loving anything at uni like I was doing so many different types of units in biology and law and maths and what have you and I just like was thinking like I can't do this for the rest of my life (laughs) like it's boring and I don't like it so I was just on TAFE website scrolling through all the different courses they have you know just thinking this might be an option and I saw that patisserie was a course and I thought yep that sounds awesome I'm gonna do it. (laughs) So in this new path towards being a pastry chef did you ever feel lost in that journey and what are some of the challenges that you faced in figuring out that new path? One of the biggest challenges definitely was getting over that first fear of dropping out of uni and going to TAFE because there weren't a lot of people that had faith in me and a lot of people would say to my face, you know, you're making a big mistake, (laughs) don't do this, like stay in uni, at least finish your degree, blah, blah, blah. So I sort of had to get over that and, you know, turned a blind eye to what other people thought, what I should do, you know, it's none of their business in the end. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that was the biggest challenge, getting over that. Also, challenges you find in the industry once I did become a pastry chef was the fact that um, the hospitality industry is a very male-dominated industry, um, especially in bakeries and um, kitchens. So you do experience a lot of sexism, so that was quite a challenge to get over as well um, but in saying that I have met some of the most amazing people in yeah. the industry and, and in kitchens so it's been amazing but yeah that was the hardest part. Yeah awesome thank you for being so honest and I'm keen to hear as well like what what has been some of the exciting or I guess most um, fulfilling parts of this journey for yourself too and who maybe be, who or what has been some of the really impactful um, experiences of people on you figuring out your future and the good stuff you're now um, working on now. Oh well I'd say probably the most exciting part about 
being a chef is getting to create and having people be happy with like your food and your creations and the joy people get when they eat food is amazing and I love to provide that joy to other people (laughs) even if it's just a small pocket of Perth yeah um, I get to share my creations with the world so that's awesome that's my favorite part that's awesome (laughs) I think like lots of us want to make a difference through what we do right and make it meaningful and I'd really love that because I think you don't have to change the whole world at once right no just have an impact on a small group of people and that's actually a huge impact so even if you just make one person smile and go like "Mm, that was delicious like I'm happy (laughs) and talking about impact what's a goal or ambition that you have for yourself at the moment Oh, well, at the m- moment, I'm sort of just happy where I am. Like, I, I love my job and I love my home, but there's no immediate plans. So eventually, I would like to run my own catering business and be my own boss, work my own hours, all of that stuff. And yeah, that would be awesome. But for now, I'm, I'm just taking it one day at a time. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll come to your bakery when you open it one day. Yes. <laughs> we'll definitely be customers. Definitely. Um, I'd love to know, thinking back to maybe your younger self, like when you were 15 maybe and choosing your subjects and stuff for 11 and 12, what advice would you give to your younger self with all the things you've learned now? What would you tell them? Yeah, that's a really good question. (laughs) Honestly, I would say to my 15-year-old self that ATAR literally does not matter after high school. Like, no matter what people tell you, it's just a number that they give you at the end of the year and then it's nothing because you can still do whatever you want. You can still be whoever you want. You can still go to uni, TAFE, whatever. Like, it's just a number. (laughs) There's pathways to anything. Love it. One final question from me. What gave you the confidence or the determination to pursue your own path back when you were getting a lot of pressure, right, from others to do the uni path and basically do the traditional path? What gave you the confidence to do your own thing? Well, as I said before, I had, a lot of people didn't have faith in me, but there were people that did. And those were the people that gave me the confidence to do what I really wanted. You know, out of high school, you also develop yourself more and you, you start thinking about what you really want instead of thinking about what other people want. So I did a lot of that in my first year of uni. So it just took a little bit of time for me to eventually get there, but I did. (laughs) Thank you so much. I certainly took a lot away from what you said today. So thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) So Connor, what did you think of our guest Ruby? I took so much away from our conversation with Ruby, but the biggest thing I learned was that you have to have a really strong sense of self-belief to go against the views of others and especially the people that you care about because sometimes they won't see eye to eye with you. I think what was very inspiring was that Ruby was able to move from a place of fear in starting out this new venture and new way of life to a place of purpose through pastry, Liz. Love the alliteration. I also think that you've said this before. It's a quote that really inspires me which is choose your hard because the end of the day she's working as a pastry chef and yes it's her dream job and she loves it but she's got to get up at 3am to do that every day there's heaps of sacrifices that come with doing even your dream job or what you love but ultimately it's worth it if it's something that fulfills you and has an impact on others it's also hard to work in a job you hate as she said you know so I think you've got to choose your heart at the end of the day Absolutely. I definitely couldn't wake up at 3am, so respect to her. 
I also love that for her and, and for all of us, really, at the end of the day, it's up to you and only you to get in the driver's seat of your future, to take control of your goals and your vision and actually take purposeful steps towards making your dream life happen. Nobody's going to prioritise that for you. You know, we might, <laughs> but, you know, not, not necessarily your friends or your parents are going to be there to back you. You've got to back yourself. And that's one of the most critical things that you can do to bring your dreams and your ultimately your goals into fruition thanks for listening to the lost button a podcast helping you figure out your future one episode at a time if our stories hit home for you today we'd love for you to leave us a review or share with a friend head to our website to get career advice from the lost button sign up to our mailing list for more practical tips or check out purposeful on insta to be part of our community We'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, the Noongar people of Wajak country. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Thanks and have an epic day.